The views, thoughts, and opinions expressed in this episode are that of the guest and host and do not necessarily reflect the values of sponsors or other associated organizations. Welcome to the Parental Compass by Family Education and Support Services. I am your host, Bobby Williams. If you like today's show, I encourage you to please subscribe. Apple has it, Spotify has it, they all have it. And if you really like the show, feel free to leave us a positive review. It really helps us out. Today we are talking about manners for teenagers. And when we talk about manners, what we really mean is life skills. Things like helping out when everyone's cleaning up after dinner, or honoring your commitments, or being careful what you post on social media. Not only does it help your teenager, but it also makes them more likable in general. I mean, who doesn't want that? Our guest today is Brooke Romney. You can find Brooke on Instagram by going to at Brooke Romney Writes. You can also go to her website, brookromney.com. Brooke has wrote two books titled 52 Modern Manners for Today's Teens, Volumes 1 and 2. What's cool about them is they're like calendars. It's a different manner for each week, and it's, it's a cool way to learn. So I really got a lot out of this conversation. Brooke brought a lot of thoughtful ideas. I think you're gonna enjoy this one. Let's check it out. It seems like a lot of these things would be obvious, but if there's no one there teaching you it, then maybe it's not really as obvious as you would think. Well, that's something that I found even in my own family, even as as we you know, had those ideas in mind and who we wanted our kids to be and how we wanted them to interact with the world, um, we noticed that unless we were specifically teaching, that some of our kids didn't just pick it up from daily life. And I think part of the problem with, um, with our world in general is that people often have their eyes down or their headphones in. And when we were growing up, we didn't have that option. So we observed, I think, a lot more than our own kids do and the teenagers of today do. And so we were picking things up because we really didn't have an option not to. But because they have often a better option than listening to their parents talk or watching them meet somebody new for the first time, sometimes these things have to be explicitly taught to them. And I think when people try doing this, they realize that a lot of these ideas are new to people. Um, one of the manners in the second volume talks about how to start a conversation. And even as an adult, there's plenty of people that aren't quite sure how to do that. So there's a little formula where it's make an observation, then ask a question. And once you break it down to something that simple, even kids who are shy or unsure or maybe a little introverted and aren't very comfortable, once they have a formula, that's something they can do. And what I love about it is these manners, it's not like they just create kids that look good or look nice. They create kids who are creating connections, relationships, and who feel really good about themselves because of that. Yeah, that's something with the younger generation of just talking or like interfacing in person seems to be 
harder for them and just giving a formula or breaking it down like that just seems like such a great way to do it of just here's the a b and c of how do you start connecting with people do you think there's any you know manners that are particularly being left out these days that our generation maybe had an easier time with well i honestly think many of them um, are being left out but some particular ones that I think are new to this generation are some technology manners, like nothing online is private. And I think there's a lot of teenagers that have had to learn that lesson the very hard way. Um, but even if you're, you know, an 11 year old and you're going through this book with your parents or sometimes even going through it just on your own, there's plenty of kids who would prefer to not have their parents tell them what to do. And they'd rather just read the book on their own. Um, but you hear that it doesn't matter if you thought the message would disappear. If you're not comfortable with your parents or your principal or the person you're talking to's parents reading it, you shouldn't put it out online. And I think that one manner could really save a lot of heartache, some ruined relationships and some really difficult um, paths that some of our teenagers have had to walk recently. Yeah, screenshots, brutal. The internet, in some ways, it is a more dangerous world. There are different types of danger. One tip that you had that I appreciate as someone that runs a small business is working with integrity. Can you explain that a little bit? Yeah, I think that there, many of our teenagers want to be good employees. Um, but because of the world they live in, they think that if they're not being asked to do something specifically, that it's okay to jump on their phone or watch YouTube or do nothing. Um, but the tip just reminds people that if you're being paid an hourly wage, you're being paid to work. And so ask your boss if there's something else you can do. Ask them what you're supposed to do with your downtime, you know, especially in jobs like hourly yard work or babysitting for some of the younger teenagers. Um, it's not about sticking a kid in front of a television and scrolling Instagram. You know, you're being paid to be a caregiver. And, and I think that's just a good reminder and something that can really help our teens now and in the future, because I think being somebody with integrity that sets themselves apart in a working environment, it propels them to great things in the future. You get a great recommendation from a boss, you get promoted, when you start a new job, you know exactly what you need to do to work. And those are the types of people that end up going further in whatever industry they choose. So with these manners or these life skill ideas, is it as simple as just having a conversation and addressing it? Or are there activities you can do to practice these things? Yeah, I think I love when families create a little challenge for their family. So if you're working on the manner, introduce yourself um, where you challenge your team. Introduce yourself to one new person this week. Let me know how it goes. And even better, if the parent can jump in and say, as a family, we're all going to introduce ourselves to one new person this week and talk about how it's gone. Um, you know, a lot of times just discussing the manner is enough to change behavior. So when people do use the manner pitch in, they always say that all of a sudden that week, you know, people are helping with the dishes, kids are cleaning up their own mess and, and just being reminded of that. I really also love when I'm talking about this manner is sharing experiences where I've seen kids or teens or even adults 
use this manner and how I felt about it. So if, if someone, there's a manner in there that talks about respecting others' homes. And when, um, when my kids have friends over and someone is especially respectful, you know, I let them know, like, that was really great to have so-and-so over. They're welcome anytime. I felt like they respected our home. They respected our family. They were kind to younger siblings. They're welcome anytime. That helps my teen know that if they want to be that person in others' homes, they also should do those same things that respect other people's homes. How do you get these ideas across without the teenager just feeling like they're being lectured all the time or like, oh, here we go, another another manner to learn? So one of the reasons I wrote this book is I have one child who hated being told what to do. Um, but there were some social norms and things that he was really missing out on that I knew if he could tackle, his life could feel a lot more connected and, and, um, and successful. And so I actually went to Amazon looking for a book about teen manners, social norms, what every teen should do, and there wasn't one. And so I decided I had to create it. And as I was thinking about the creation of this book, I realized that one of the most important things for me was that it didn't feel like a constant lecture. And what I love about the book is these manners are things we teach when they're not needed. So I think lectures and correction usually happen when somebody has done something wrong. These are getting in front of the curve. So instead of talking about pitching in when everybody's left the, the dinner table without bringing their dishes over, you're talking about pitching in on a random Tuesday and just sharing the idea. And then your kids can do what they will with the information. Um, some families have found that having a conversation doesn't work for them. They have kids that don't like to be told what to do and how to do it. So instead, they put the book on their breakfast table and they flip the manor every week and they allow their teens to take in the information on their own terms. And they have seen great changes and improvement in behavior without even saying a word. And one of my favorite stories is from a family who didn't think their teen would be receptive to this at all, but somehow the manor is getting flipped more often than even once a week. And they know he's reading it and taking it in and they don't even have to say anything. And so what I love about this book is it can be done on all different terms, depending on what works best for a family. Do your children ever catch you contradicting yourself as someone that talks about this so much? Are they ever like, you didn't? Whatever. Um, One million percent. And I actually love that about the book is every time we flip to something, I'm also reminded of things that I can do better. I, no one is 100% perfect at, you know, at each of these manners. And every time we flip to something, it's a great reminder for me to be a little more cognizant. There's one, I think it's in the second book, um, about walking people out. So when a friend is leaving your home, you don't just say bye and keep playing the Xbox. You walk them to the door, you make sure they get into their car safely and you say, thanks for coming. Well, I am often someone who's happy to sit on the couch and say, thanks for coming and let them walk themselves out. And um, as I read that manner, I'm reminded again that that isn't the most polite way to be a host. Um, and there's there's a million more. And I love that it reminds not just teens and not just kids, but adults too, of how to live um, a more respectful life for everyone involved. Yeah, we could probably all brush up on this a little bit sometimes. What about gratitude? That's something that I see a lot of 
teens that I work with missing out on, or it seems just like a really common one. Yeah. And, and the thing about gratitude is that it's so simple to say, thank you. And I don't think teens realize the power that is in not just the thinking and, and being a person who is grateful, but also the effect it has on the person that you're saying thank you to. Um, my second son just graduated from high school and we sent a lot of happy graduation Venmos to friends. And I received a really kind thank you text from, from one person. And that made me such a fan of this person and wanting to support him and wanting to cheer for him and wanting to be someone that is in his corner. And I think that teens are missing out on the idea that when you're someone who is grateful, you start gathering fans to you, whether they're adults, whether they're teachers. And it's something that takes very little. The, the text he sent me was two sentences long. And all of a sudden I feel connected to this person and, and just want what is best for him. And so I think sometimes they think, oh, this is something adults just want me to do. Oh, this is something my mom is making me do without realizing that by doing something that simple, they're creating a whole support network for them for now and into the future. If someone, if, if that kid came asking me for a, a job or a recommendation or something in the future, I would remember that one grateful text I got and think this is someone that I want to recommend. A lot of it is just how to be likable in a way. Yeah, and and not even in a um not even in a people-pleasing way, but in a way that's fulfilling to you and helps create a better world for those around you. And I think sometimes, you know, people talk about, oh, you don't want to be a people pleaser, you don't want to be someone that, you know, just always does what you're supposed to do, and that just isn't it. As you become someone who creates relationships, you're creating opportunities for yourself. And I think sometimes our teens don't understand the benefit to them when they're someone that other people can, can trust, can count on, can look to, to, to feel safe with. All those things really end up in the long term benefiting them. It seems like a big piece of this work would be empathy and trying to understand like, why is the teen doing things how they're doing? And how can I show them that this will help them? Yeah, and um, I think what I've found is that most teens really, really, like I said, want to be successful. They don't wanna you know, be clashing in their relationships. They don't want to be lonely every weekend. They don't want to be the kid who's all by himself at lunch. Um, they don't want to be the person that teachers don't like or don't trust. That isn't, that was never any of our teenagers' goals. But sometimes life circumstances create um, harder personalities, people that aren't as aware, people that don't think they deserve what's good. And I think that was one of the biggest reasons I created these books was these really simple things can help kids who are struggling in a lot of ways start seeing the good in themselves and the good in others. And I think when they start doing that, there's this really nice ripple because they start having confidence in who they are. Um, and I think that kids who have confidence are the ones who end up doing really well in the world, regardless of the path that they choose to take. A lot of the young people that I work with have been through some real trauma 
is there some type of different approach if say your child is 16 and you're just now trying to work on these with them is there anything you do different or just try your best and get them to get going on it you know i think that there are some things that i've heard different families do depending on the personality of your child and what works for them um i have had parents that will pay a dollar a manner if they'll read one manner and for some that's really motivational if you can earn $52. And I think it's a great investment from a parent, from a teacher, from a grandparent, if they're willing to do that. Sometimes um, they might just be doing it for the money, but they're going to learn something along the way. I think sometimes taking someone out for a drive and, and doing them in the car um, as something to talk about is a way where, you know, you can't just escape or say it's dumb or even just have it on your dashboard yeah, and that also makes it less high pressure, too, because it's not like we're sitting down having this conversation. It's like we're just doing it as we're driving somewhere. Yeah, and I, I love that. Um, one that I thought was really cool is because a lot of teens love to be the person in the know. And so they are having their teenager teach the manners to the younger siblings. So it's like, they're the experts. And so they read the manner and they tell the kids like what they should be doing if they have younger siblings. This can also work in like um, a community organization where you have the teenagers teach a small group of younger children, you know, maybe like tweens about these manners. People have done it in a really fun way um, in youth groups where they split the kids into groups and have them all choose a manner and then role play it and have others guess which manner they're using. So you can make it a lot um, less pressure situation and more fun, just depending on who your kid is. Um, and you can also, like I said before, just leave it out and let them take it in as it comes. What we've found in most homes is that most teenagers are interested in figuring out how to be a little bit more successful in their life. Going back to what we were talking about earlier, I like how this idea of just breaking it down, it also makes me think about neurodivergent youth where maybe social skills and those things don't come as naturally. And so it's a way to just explain it. So um, I think you're doing great work. Do you have any closing thoughts or ideas you wanna leave us with? Well, I do just, so I didn't necessarily write the book for a neurodivergent group, but one of my favorite things that's happened because of it is um, there are a lot of moms in the autism community who have said that this has absolutely been incredible for their son or their daughter who they're trying to teach these skills to, especially those that will take it very literally because they were looking for specific skills to teach. So that has been something that's so fun and rewarding to me um, that this is something that the autism community has been really able to embrace and utilize. And I, that's just, that's just so, so fun. And I'm grateful to be a resource for them. It's awesome. Leave us with one last tip. Well, maybe my favorite tip is that it's never too late. It's never too late to start to become the parent that has a relationship with their teenager. It's never too late to apologize for some things that have gone wrong and it's never too late for your teenager to be successful. I think a lot of times we look at our 
you know, 13 year old or 15 year old or 17 year old and, and think we've got to throw in the towel because nothing is going right. But if we all look back at ourselves at those ages and realize how much growth comes after those teenage years, there's still a lot of hope. And um, our kids always are looking for a relationship with an adult that cares. Right on. Brooke Romney, thank you for being here today. Thank you so much, Bubby. I love the conversation. Thank you, Brooke Romney. Brooke Romney writes on Instagram. Be sure to give Brooke a follow, brookromney.com. This has been the Parental Compass by Family Education and Support Services. If you like the show, I encourage you to please subscribe. I'm Bobby Williams. We'll see you next episode. Peace.